This is the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. Here are your hosts, Caroline Gonzalez and Ashley Amos. Welcome on to the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. And I'm Ashley Amos. And we have a loaded show for you all today, so make sure... Whether you're sitting at your desk at work or driving in your car, wherever you may be, make sure you're listening to the whole show because this one is one you're not going to want to miss. We have Saints Hall of Famer and WWL radio color analyst Deuce McAllister to talk about the Saints game about, uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and this Sunday. And we have Fox Sports analyst and former NBA player David Wesley. Ashley, before we kick things off, let's introduce three of our segments that we're going to start doing on Fridays. Yeah, I'm very excited about these. I think they're going to be kind of fun and add a little different spin to the show. So um, I think our first one is going to be Gold Star. So each week, Caroline and I will either pick one player from either the Saints or the Pelicans, or each of us will pick um, our own Gold Star, and we will talk about that person and how they have uh, shined uh, (laughs) the last week. So um, excited about that. Then we also have our community spotlight, uh, especially with it being the holiday season, a lot of community going on right now. So, uh, and I think our, our players on both sides do such a good job of giving back to the community here in New Orleans. So we definitely want to take time to spotlight that. And last but not least, to kind of go along with our all-female podcast, we are going to honor the Superwoman of the Week. So that can relate to anything whether within our organization or outside of our organization within the sports world, women doing awesome things. I think it's uh, important to highlight all of those things, especially, you know, community events and, and women. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Uh, let's go ahead and kick it off with Gold Star. I mean, we both talked before the show about this, and it's kind of hard to not give it to Julius Randle. Um, the hashtag Ju- uh, headband Julius, it's something that <laughs> pretty much I and uh, only two other people have jumped on the bandwagon, but I'm going to try <laughs> to keep it going here. Uh, this stat that Pelican's Twitter put out, put out yesterday was insane. Over the last two games, he's had 64 points, 26 rebounds. He's 26 of 40 from the field at 67% and 5 of 7 from the three, which is just insane. Can we just talk about how aggressive he's been Mm -hmm. going at the basket? It's unreal. Like when I am on the floor, just, you know, I sit down underneath the basket to shoot the game and he's just got this different, like, it's like this gear just turns on Mm -hmm. and it's this anger and this like, Rah, yeah, he's I don't like, know. I'm getting to the yeah, basket. And no matter what. Yep. And I mean, obviously, that's hurt him a little bit with foul trouble, which he's mentioned talking about how uh, he needs to be a little bit more careful mm-hmm. when it comes to that. You know, a couple games ago, I'm trying to remember which game, but he got uh, he was. Oh, the Clippers. He yep. had six fouls. Yep. Yeah, he had yep. a great game, but he fouled out. Yep. Which hurt us in the end. Mm. So, um, you know, I think that is something that we definitely need to pay attention. But I love his aggressive mindset. I love that like inner bull in him. And I think that's something that this team needs. Absolutely. Uh, You were on the floor last night and I was at the Mavs game when he was just kind of calling guys out. He was like, they're too small. They're too small. And they were like, (laughs) they can't hold me. And it was so funny because he's going up against the Mavs who have DeAndre Jordan and like he's calling DeAndre Jordan too small, which is something I'm sure he's probably never heard in his life. But um, like you said, he has that aggressive mentality of I'm going to get to the basket and nobody's going to get in my way. Honestly, not to sidetrack, but I think one of my favorite things about sitting underneath the basket 
it is hearing the trash talk. Mm -hmm. Like you can't see it on the TV or hear it on the TV necessarily. But when you're underneath the basket, I never realized how bad it was Mm -hmm. until Tim Frazier. Like he was getting in DeAndre Jordan's face. It was so funny. And I was just like, meanwhile, you know, no offense to Tim, but he's kind of a smaller guy. He's like right up at him on chest level looking up at him. I mean, you got to love that. You got to love that, especially as a fan. I mean. That's the stuff. That's the stuff you want to see. That's mm-hmm. what you pay. You pay the ticket and entrance into the door to see your team win and have that like fire in them. Absolutely. Well, to stay on the Pelicans side, let's go ahead and go to our other segment, Community Spotlight. You were at the Alfred Payton and Drew Holiday um, toy holiday event yesterday. How was that for you? Well, it was the third annual toy workshop celebration, uh, and it was through Alfred Payton's foundation. Gotcha. So um, I think Drew just came as a as a guest to help support. But mm-hmm. um, what a cool event! I think I've covered a lot of community events here with both the Saints and the Pelicans, and I have to say this hands down has to be one of my favorites. It was out over in Gretna, and as you know, uh, Alfred Payton, a local kid, so it was cool to see all of his friends and family out there. And it, it was hosted at the Boys and Girls Club over there, and uh, I don't know, just like they had, they brought in elves and Santa and they dressed up as elves and they were wearing the hats and uh, they gave um, gifts to all the kids. And I think they specifically knew which each kid had asked for Hmm. and they passed out and just seeing the joy on those kids' faces was priceless. You know, I was behind the camera and I was taking some still photos last night for it and it was just such a cool cool event and cool moment and it's like one of the it's events like these that really just make you love this job, yeah. right? Like I mean, that's what sports is all about and it, it's, you know, sports yes the what you're getting on the field the product on the field is great but it's also these things that happen behind the scenes and how you're they are using their platform to give back to those in need and to me as as someone who wants to help and make the world a better place getting to be a part of that and seeing these kids and their reaction and knowing that they're going to have toys on christmas morning Mm -hmm. like I think there's nothing better. Yeah. And I mean, they had bounce houses and they had, I'd never seen it before. They had an inflatable like foosball where you had to, you were the foosball guys. And, oh, but they cool. had the poles. Like that life you, size. Yes. Yeah. And it, it was so fun. Mm-hmm. And then they had outside, they had snow brought in. And so the kids were like going crazy. I think Alfred got nailed with a, a snowball at one point. I don't know if he was okay with that, but um, especially, you know, he couldn't be in the snow because of his hand, but um it was just such a cool event and all of Elfer's pa- uh, family came out and they were, uh, you know, they're just, I, it's kind of been cool because as you know, I've been working on the outside the paint, uh, docuseries that we did last season and have continued this season. The first episode premieres today, which is on Alfred Payton. Mm. And, um, it's just been such a cool thing learning about him and getting to know his family and who he is as a person. So people will definitely have to check it out. Yeah. Looking at those photos on pelicans.com, it was, it was definitely cool. I, I like the sugar plum fairy that they brought in. That was <laughs> awesome. Um, another person that we have to spotlight um, on the other side for the Saints is running back Mark Ingram. Uh, he was recognized, I believe, on Wednesday as the 2018 uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, nominee. We have so many Paytons. I feel like I just get confused with all the, <laughs> the all the Paytons going on. Um, but he started the Mark Ingram Foundation his rookie season in 2011 with the goal of helping um, children who have a parent or both parents 
incarcerated. So that's something he said was near and dear to him because he had that experience growing up a little bit. And so, like you said, it's even cooler to see when it's something that directly affects them and they're Mm -hmm. using their platform to make a difference for something that either happened in their life or that um, they're trying to make a difference in someone else's life. And listen, Mark is such a great guy. Mm -hmm. He's one of those that he's as good as advertised. What you see is what you get. And he is such a good person and has such a good heart. And I've been a part of a lot of his community outreach throughout the years and what he's done, whether it was giving back to kids right before the back to school thing they do and all of that. So um, very deserving. Um, Every time I think of Mark Ingram and the community, I think of when he visited, um, I think it was a naval base and he had the, the dog, um, tackle him and he got spun around that was just the funniest video and it went viral and it was just awesome because you have this NFL running back who's just used to being powered down by like giant men and he's getting taken down by this canine it was it was pretty funny I mean you just look at our both of our teams but even just on the Saints side how lucky are we to have so many great character mm. men that are out there giving back to the community, you know, Cam Jordan doesn't matter when every Tuesday every he's Tuesday, out there yep. giving back. You have Mark Ingram, Drew Brees, Ben Watson, you know, mm-hmm. all of these great guys that take use their free time to give back to the community. I think that sets up such a great example for those kids and um, the community and just seeing them and what they do. It's more than just playing a sport. There's more to it than just that. So I think, you know, Mark is such a deserving guy and I'm, I'm really excited for him. Absolutely. I think they're setting an example as well as the, the leader of our organization is leading is setting an example. I'll go ahead and intro our Superwoman of the Week. You can't, uh, you can't forget about Mrs. Benson, who um, gave $100,000 uh, paid off and, and layaway orders at a local Walmart, which was four, 408 orders at Walmart. So imagine you put things away for the holiday. You're getting your, your child something or your, your loved ones. And you go to Walmart and you someone says, hey, this has been completely taken care of courtesy of Mrs. Benson. I mean, that's just that's that's awesome. And I think it just comes down to this. Leaders lead by example. Mm-hmm. And this was something that she decided. It was her own idea. Yep. She didn't even we didn't even cover it here within the, our organization. It was just a random yep. act of kindness that she wanted to do. It wasn't about the spotlight. It wasn't about getting publicity. It was about doing something nice and giving back to her community. And I think that just says a lot about who she is as a person, as well as the direction of this organization, which is nothing but positive. Absolutely. Well, Ashley and uh, all our listeners, as promised, we have a packed show for everyone today, beginning with some Saints talk from Saints Hall of Famer, Deuce McAllister. Deuce, how are you? I'm doing well. Can't complain too much. It's not too cold out. It's, you know, good weather going on in New Orleans. I mean, it's fluctuating every other day. I'm turning on my AC and heat. It seems like every other day. I don't really know what to do with the weather here. Uh, now that 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 I would agree with, and it, it's a tad bit cool for me, but I can survive. So, <laughs> all right, dudes, let's jump right into it. So, coming off your sec, uh, coming off the Saints' second loss of the season, playing a team um, that uh, frankly embarrassed you in Week One in the Dome, as a player, what is the mindset and mentality going into this game? Well, first and foremost, you look at just the opportunity that you have to be able to win the uh, NFC South. I think that's probably the biggest thing 
um, that you, you when you look at this game, that's what you take. I mean, if you go out and you be successful, then you are the NFC South champs, which um, qualifies you for the playoffs. So, I mean, just looking at it from that standpoint, I think that's the most important part. But then when you go back and you look at that first game and, you know, you just didn't play well. I think mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, you didn't play well, whether you talk about, you know, normally you talk about, hey, look, we scored 40 points, but – um, how many points did you leave out on the field? And then you go back and you look at uh, the 48 points that you gave up, and it's the big plays, the big plays, uh, the quarterback being able to break containment. He picks up about 40 to 50 yards rushing, uh, particularly on key third down moments, and it just you know it ends up in a loss for you as a team. Deuce, we've seen uh, the passing defense for the Saints improve from that first time they saw Tampa Bay, but they still rank 30th in the league. And now they're going against Tampa Bay, who has a number one passing offense. So I'm curious, what needs to happen for the Saints in order for that passing defense to improve? Well, one of the biggest things that you won't, you don't want to do as a defense in general is obviously give up points and particularly touchdowns. And one of the things that this team has done a pretty good job of uh, – you know, really recently is not giving up the explosive plays. Now, Dallas did hit them for a couple uh, plays over the top, but for the most part, they have not given up those plus 20, plus 30 plays, and I think that's really what hurt them earlier in the year. If they can uh, not have those type of situations and then really the penalties, whether you're talking about holding or pass interference plays, then I think it's really going to limit um, what Tampa Bay can do offensively. I mean, they haven't had a lot of success running the football. Uh, they don't really try to hang their hat on running the football just because they 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 are capable of beating you with the receivers, whether you're talking about Evans, uh, you know, you, 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 you talk about Humphreys. Uh, you know, they, they have some weapons at receiver. Um, and, and, and then you look at, you know, uh, Chris Godwin as well. You know, I don't know if Deshaun is going to be able to play. He's battling the injury. Uh, with this thumb. So, I mean, they have some weapons on the outside, and, uh, you know, you just have to be ready to defend them. Absolutely, and the defense is something that we've seen the Saints kind of step up, especially especially in the last few weeks. They've forced 15 fumbles and 10 interceptions, and you're going against Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston, who are ranked third and tied for fifth with most passes intercepted in the league. I'm curious who you're you're expecting to step up for the Saints defense this week. Yeah, and I think as far as quarterbacks, I think you're going to see Jameis. Jameis has played well for in the last two weeks as far as when they've been on their winning streak. Now, the one thing that he's been doing as far as we didn't we didn't see him the first week. He was suspended. So you did see uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick as a quarterback, but I expect it to be Jameis. The one thing that he's done a really good job is creating with his legs. I think he's been able to break and extend plays for them offensively. And so that's something that the Saints have to be aware of. I mean, you, you, you know, if you rush wide outside – uh, the defensive tackles have to stay home to know that he can step up into the pocket. And then also, you know, at times maybe even having a spy. Uh, he hasn't turned the ball over as far as interceptions the last two weeks, which is, uh, you know, I, I say it's surprising, uh, but I, not not necessarily. I mean, because he's, he's a guy that he doesn't normally set his feet uh, and the ball sails on him at times, but he hadn't done it the last two weeks. So if the Saints can 
maybe get some pressure on him and maybe get a takeaway or two. But I think it, that front four of ours is going to have to be aggressive and understand and know that he can move in the pocket. He can extend plays with his feet, but also just to move him off of the spot. That's what we've got to be able to do. Deuce, on the offensive side of the ball for the Saints, uh, not their best outing against the Cowboys, couldn't get the running game going, and Dallas was able to shut down Michael Thomas, which then led to some problems for the Saints' offense. Uh, some might argue it might be the Achilles heel. Do you think that defensive defenses prepare differently now, knowing that if they're able to shut down the running game and Michael Thomas, they can maybe neutralize the Saints' offense? Well, I think it's all about timing and rhythm for that Saints offense. That's what it's been for the last 10 or 12, 13 years, whatever it is. Uh, Sean and Drew have been here. And it, it, it's, a, it's all about timing and rhythm. And so for them, they have to be able to go out and find rhythm as a unit. You know, for the first time in Drew Brees' career, he started 0 for 4 mm-hmm. in a football game as far as the NFL is concerned. That's never happened, and that's what happened against Dallas. And, you know, I think early on, the Saints just didn't possess the ball enough in the first half. It was too many three-and-out situations. So for them, just understanding their game plan and really executing them, I'm, I'm interested to see how much – the weather does play a factor. I know it's supposed to be um, possibly raining and windy. You know, so do you play the game of, hey, look, we have a wind to our back. We're going to take some shots, go downfield. Mm-hmm. Or do is it a situation where you want to try to control the clock, control the ball, running the football? So I'm interested to see how they play and what effect the weather does uh, have on this football game. Deuce, there is so much hype around this team right now and what the expectations are. As a player – in that locker room, how do you manage those expectations and take it one game by game? One thing that they've done is they've embraced it. I mean, they they the mantra is to prove them right, and so they want to go out and show people that they had the right idea when they said this team is a legit Super Bowl contender, and so. Um, for them, it's just winning the next game. I mean, because that's obviously going to be very, very important for them as they try to go on another streak. And so uh, by losing to Dallas, whether that made you refocus and make sure that you're doing the, the detail, the small things right, you know, maybe that that, that is going to be the case. But uh, I think for them, it's just making sure they handle their business, what they can control. And then after that, you know, you see where you stack up at the end of the day. Well, this week the Saints can win their first back-to-back division titles in franchise history. Um, they could also win if uh, they tie or if they lose. They can um, depend on Carolina Panthers to lose or tie against the Cleveland Browns. But, Deuce, I'm curious about you and Zach and kind of what the energy is for y'all right now. It's your first time in the booth together. What's the energy behind um, the, the Saints season so far? It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun for uh, to be able to talk about guys that obviously uh, some we played with, but to be able to watch them grow as a team and, and really just win in different ways. Uh, you know, I think that's been impressive. So for us, it's been fun to see them have some success. And, you know, you see the hard work, the, the effort that they've put in to be able to, to execute and to be able to celebrate it. So we've definitely enjoyed it. And I know that we're looking forward to getting back on the winning track. So uh, that's what we want Sunday at, I guess, 1 o'clock Eastern time. On the other side, is it frustrating ever to see guys like not living up to their full potential or kind of keeping your emotions in check in the booth, knowing that these guys aren't playing to their best of their ability? It's always tough. I mean, it's always tough or, or, or you're disappointed 
Um, you know, and I say that as a former player and, and, and a friend, when those guys don't go out and execute like you know they can. But, you know, for me, it's all, uh, also trying to be honest um, with the listeners as well and make sure that, you know, um, telling them the truth and, 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 you know, hopefully those guys can bounce back from some of those mistakes or whatever they're doing uh, negative play-wise. Play but, yeah, that's, that's the toughest part is when an uh, individual doesn't have the success that you know that they're capable of having. Well, I think I can speak for uh, everyone that they miss Jim Henderson, but it is also great to hear you and Zach on the radio. Well, I surely appreciate it. And, yeah, Hondo is doing a lot of traveling and fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, be sure to listen to Deuce on WWL Radio 870 AM with his partner in crime, Zach Streif, this Sunday at noon Central Time for kickoff against the Buccaneers. You can also follow him on Twitter at dmcallister26. Deuce, thanks so much for joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Now switching gears to the Pelicans. Pelicans fans, we've had a week at home. It's been nice to have the team back in the Smoothie King Center for a couple of consecutive games, including one tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies at 7 p.m. Before we head on the road again uh, later on this weekend, to give us a quick recap on the Pelicans' last few games and preview the Pelicans' upcoming road trip, uh, Fox Sports New Orleans color analyst and former NBA star David Wesley is joining us. David, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you ladies doing this morning? Wonderful. Can't complain. Can't complain. So, David, let's just jump right into it. The Pelicans finally get back on track with a big win over the Dallas Mavericks. As a former NBA player, you know, the schedule can be such a grind. What's the key to maintaining consistency night in and night out with this team? Well, I think um, from from my days, it was more, um, you know, taking care of your body, making sure you're getting the proper rest, and then just being a little mentally tough. Um, they've spread out the season this year so that there's less four and five days, less back-to-back. So these guys, and, and I've, I've always loved playing every other day, and for about a month now, they've played every other day without any days in between. So uh, I think if you go this long, they could be getting a little bit tired because that could, you know, every other day could be a time when you need some rest. But, um, you know, I think just them coming prepared, ready to go, especially to start games is, is very important. David, um, I'm kind of curious, is there any technology or any kind of recovery thing that's available now that you kind of are jealous of and wish you had around in your time? Well, I think for the most part, uh, you know, how much hands-on um, assistance these players have, access to the gym. Uh, when I played, we didn't have access to gyms like this all the time, uh, whereas whether they're on the road or at home, they always find a gym to go shoot. Uh, they have a medical staff and, and training staff that out of this world uh, pretty much individual coaches. Uh, when I played, there were probably four total coaches. Now they have those same four plus another three, and then you know a bunch of guys that are around to rebound and and do whatever you need to do. So uh, you know I think that's what I'm most jealous of. And I know some of the training stuff and recovery stuff and video stuff. Uh, you know we didn't have the ability necessarily to, to watch stuff on the sideline as it's happening, uh, and I think that's pretty neat. 
David, we saw Julius Randle start in place of Nikola Miritich twice this week because Nico had some food poisoning issues, um, and I think he held his his own pretty well in both the games. When he's a starter, he's averaging 24 points per game, and coming off the bench, he's averaging 17 points per game. So he's doing well regardless of his role, but I think Pelicans fans are kind of curious if we'll see more of Julius Randle in the starting lineup. I think so. I think it's a really good lineup. Uh, you know, in the in the first game this week, uh, he had a career high scoring. Uh, the next game, he has a career high rebounding, still scoring the ball really well. Uh, you know, and he, and he and he just plays with an aggression downhill um, at the at the basket, just with a lot of force. Um, you know, in the paint, so. I think that's good. I think that presents big problems when you have AD and him on the floor at the same time. And, I, you know, I think Meritage to come in and, and, you know, start spreading the floor for those days to even operate even more. So uh, I like him in the starting lineup. I thought that's where he would be coming into the season. Uh, but I think they liked his punch coming off the bench. And can Meritage come off the bench ready to, you know, lock and load. So we'll see if he can kind of get that going and um, see how this rotation works different. Etwan Moore also coming off the bench uh, probably now uh, for a while. So uh, we'll, we'll see that change, see if it, it all works out. David, you have played with some and against some of the best players in the NBA uh, throughout your time. I know we've had this friendly argument before but about who <laughs> is the best, but where does Anthony Davis rank and compare um, in your mind? Um, to the players that I've played with, um, I don't think I've ever played with a talent like Anthony Davis. Um, I've played with some really good players um, and, um, you know, for history's sake, you know, over the course, you know, I think he's transcending. Like, you know, you don't see bigs, um, especially uh, our, in my day, bigs played in the paint. You throw it down, back to the basket, jump hook, you know, turn around jumpers, those kind of things. You didn't see bigs start breaks, come down, shoot threes, shoot threes on the break, uh, in and out dribbles, crossovers behind the back, and go dunk the basketball. You just didn't see that in – you know, you start comparing him to, you know, the David Robinsons and 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 because he's more that style. David Robinson would never shoot a three on purpose unless the shot clock was running down. So, um, you know, he just he presents a lot of problems. And to me, there's not really anybody who can guard him when he plays with that aggressiveness. Uh, he's definitely hard to stop and and fun to watch. I mean, he puts up numbers that are eye-popping most every night. What are you looking for from him most this season? You know, we talked about early on in the season, he has definitely matured as a leader and is the guy that people are looking to um, on this team now. There's been some slower starts for him. You know, he started out fast this season, kind of had his slower starts a couple games in, got to that 10,000-point mark. What are you looking for out of him this season? Well, you know, the thing that, that – good and great players do is they continue to evolve, add something to their game. And this year at a career high assist numbers. Mm -hmm. So he's added that and he's doing that. But for this team and, and the way I like him to play is more aggressive from the beginning. Uh, the other night 
you know, he had 17 in the first quarter. The Pelicans got to win. Mm-hmm. I like that style. I like him being aggressive. The team goes as his ability to bring energy and effort from the start. That's the way the team plays. So, uh, and he's selfish to a fault, and he doesn't get in the way of someone's big night. But I don't think that's good for the team necessarily. So, when he comes out and establishes himself, he's he's big, and mm-hmm. I think the team plays better and more aggressive when he is the guy each and every night. So, I, I expect him to come out tonight, be aggressive, be assertive, and the team should follow. I want to shift the po- the focus over to tonight. Um, the Pelicans are taking on the Memphis Gri- Grizzlies. The game is sold out. Breaking news. I don't know if you knew that, but I'm here to inform you that, that the is game, breaking news. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm here reporting first on the Black and Blue Report. So we're now a breaking news <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but tonight uh, against the Grizzlies, um, Drew Holiday. We're going to see him go against Mike Conley. And in six of the Pelicans' recent wins, Drew Holiday has held their star player well beneath their average um what are you what are you looking for against uh this matchup between drew holiday and mike conley well um you know if the trends continue then conley's going to have a rough night but he's going to have a rough night anyway and uh one of the best perimeter defenders in the league is drew holiday Uh, the way he has the ability to to cut guys off make them change direction make a ball handler feel like he can't handle sometimes uh, it's a, it's a, it's amazing, and he's 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 got great size. He, you know, he he can great athlete. athlete so he he makes it difficult. I think Conley will have a difficult night uh, tonight. Um, and the thing about it is, he does it on both ends. I mean, he has been scoring the basketball uh, when the Pelicans need it. He he can go get a bucket. I like him playing the two guard on offense because it's puts him in attack mode, and when he's in attack mode, that's the best through holiday. So I expect him to have a, a pretty good night tonight. David, I'm kind of curious. You've been out of the league for a few years now, but do you kind of still have that same excited feeling when you walk into the arena? I, it, it's a different excitement. Uh, you know, I like that before the game, you know, people starting to come in, the fans getting restless guys getting ready it's not the same excitement i still have you know the jitters going into to call a game not to the level of playing the game um but i still get excited when you know i know good teams good players um are are coming into the building i get for most of the year front row seat um to watch that and and that that's exciting well hopefully all the fans will have that same experience tonight against the sold out Memphis Grizzlies game in the Smoothie King Center tonight at 7 p.m. You can watch David on Fox Sports New Orleans with Joel Myers, and I think they're going to be joined by NBA Commissioner Adam Silver tonight, so that'll be fun. Um, You can also listen on WRNO 99.5 FM with Daniel Salerson, Sean Kelly, and John DeShazer. And then the Pelicans will go on the road Sunday to play against the Detroit Pistons at 2.30 p.m. in Little Caesars Arena that kind of makes me hungry. And you can also watch that on Fox Sports New Orleans and listen in on WRNO. David, thanks so much for joining us today. Yep, thank you, ladies. Have a good day. See thanks, you David. You too.
Saints fans, make sure you're watching the Saints this weekend on Sunday at noon Central Time. The game will be on Fox. It'll be the Saints against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also, make sure you're going on NewOrleansSaints.com or social media to cast your Pro Bowl vote. Vote your favorite members of the Black and Gold into the Pro Bowl and send them to Orlando. Tonight, the Pelicans play the Memphis Grizzlies, as I mentioned, in the Smoothie King Center. Make sure you're watching that at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports New Orleans or, as I mentioned, listening in on WRNO 99.5 FM. As well, on Sunday, we have Saints and Pelicans on Sunday, 2.30 p.m. in Little Caesars Arena. You can also watch that. Um, the Pelicans play the Detroit Pistons at 2.30 p.m. You can also watch that on Fox Sports New Orleans or listen in on WRNO 99.5. Well, I'm Caroline. Ashley's over there. And we really enjoyed tonight's show, today's show, excuse me. And uh, we look forward to getting back together with y'all next week. Thanks for listening.